can we say about the machinations of our friends and Steiner intelligence? Only what we say about ourselves, and that is our highest compliment. Mascarova Report 3058. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Thomas, Silent Sea Raven Kruger, hosting the day. Uh, New host. New New host. host. New host. (laughs) Holy crap, you guys are going to listen to Tom. Tommy, Silent Sea Raven, not silent anymore. You are listening to the Wolfnet Radio, the show that builds the plane while we fly. (laughs) (laughs) What? Uh, Please uh, put your tray tables and seat backs in their upright position. Some of you may not have tray tables, but don't worry. We'll we'll install those during the flight. Uh, Have a good one. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much it. Flying by the seat of our pants today, ladies and gentlemen. Co-hosts today are uh, Aaron... Oh boy, Coach Crow. Welcome. <laughs> good evening or good morning, depending if you're Craig or not. Morning somewhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke, I could, I can't see it. Charles Gideon Dirks. Welcome. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Well, tonight is a, uh, it's a, a, a small crowd today. Uh, it's just. Uh, Aaron, myself, and uh, Gideon, and uh, probably yeah. we'll be joined by Andrew and Matt sometime. Maybe I don't know. Maybe yeah, we'll find out. Very well. Um, it's our time to shine. So let's. Uh, so what's been new? What, have you guys been playing any BattleTech lately? I uh, finally got to play a game the other night. Woohoo! Uh, against Matt. Tommy, let me play against Matt because I haven't played in a while. No, I played against you, Tommy. Yeah, I was about to say. Jeez. You lost. Yeah, I lost. Uh, it was a good game, though. Um, barely. We uh, got around to playing some uh, 350, took a break from the Epic, and we played uh, some Hold the Line, and... Tommy made a really sneaky move with his Black Lantern, and I did not see it. And then I hesitated with my Locust. I it, it was a it was a good fight. I uh, the I, I lost Tommy. I think it was what one to one to one came down to MOV. Yep, sure but, did. Uh, I was trying out a new uh, a new list that I created from my epic list. I'm going to let everybody know it's really, really, really hard to create a list when you start with the epic list and then you go to the 350. Yeah, I've, I, I think I played my Kellhounds and that was that was one of those where started the 350 and then built on top of that, uh, made some changes to some uh, pilot skills of the mechs in my 350, but kept the core 350 and then added on. Which I think personally is the best way to go. Yes, it just um, it just flows a lot easier. And 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 the way I look at it is is if uh, if you make a three fifty, that's fine. If you use your three fifty to build your six hundred, that's also fine. But I I rather just build a three fifty and build a separate six hundred. But I'm trying new things. I'm trying to also get to jihad so that 
I'm not wiping somebody out with Jump Strong at Gen Con. <laughs> and uh, they're not expecting that because there's not a lot of Jump Strong in the uh, Jihad era. So. Oh, speaking of Gen Con, um, yes, everyone, we do know that the ticket price is very high. That was something that we didn't really have control over, and it ballooned out of control. Um, it was one of those things where I think they are seeing it as a double. I mean, it is a sort of a double event. You have the 350 on Friday, you have the doubles tournament on Saturday, and the one ticket gets you into both, right? So each ticket is $34, I think, is, is what it comes down. So total, it's 68 But um I know some people don't want to commit to that, and we are trying to find ways for people who want to just do the 350 or just do the doubles or whatever. So uh, stay tuned. I don't, I don't know if I can say anything right now if it's definitive, but um, that's that's kind of where we're at. I, I we know it's a, a big price. Uh, price tag, but uh, I guarantee you, if you're playing in both, you will have a lot of fun. So, definitely, Luke, uh, have you played? Uh, yeah, I've uh, actually gotten together with a longtime friend of the uh, podcast, uh, Bert, uh, also famous for his Valhalla Club uh, work um, on their podcast. Um, we've been getting together and trying to test out different stuff. For uh, before Gen Con, so uh, gotten together with him a couple times, uh, and in uh, our tradition, we go fifty-fifty all the time. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, but it, it's always it's always a good time uh, getting together uh, with him and uh, and playing. But um, yeah, yeah, I think that a j- jihad is going to be really interesting for Gen Con. Uh, the, the, because, well, like you were saying, Tommy, the, like the tech starts to take off, but it isn't like, you can't, you, you can't make a whole list out of it nearly as readily as you can, like in dark ages or Republic era. So it, it's like, how can I work with this stuff without going, you know, cause I can't go crazy with it. So then is it worth taking it at all? Is it not? Um, I think it's just going to be really interesting for what people uh, can kind of piece together because you, you really get a weird mix of like old tech, cutting edge tech, um, and like PVs to cover all the bases. But um, I, uh, I, I think I mentioned it before. Uh, on our way back from uh, LVO, um, I was riding with uh, North Main and Bourbon, um, and at that time, like the only jihad list I have is Wolves in Exile, and I know very little of any other faction availabilities um, during that <laughs> during that time period. So I was like, I'm gonna be Capellan. I'm gonna bring a Capellan list. And it, I probably should have picked something else, but I didn't know any better, and I and I kind of <laughs> talked myself into it. So, <laughs> so uh, there I am. I, uh, I'm going to be rolling a Capellan list. Um, 
So nice. Yeah. So if you uh, if you're across the table at me at Gen Con, uh, have mercy because <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, as you were talking, I believe one of our co-hosts uh, signed on. So welcome, Andrew, and it begins Minnow Crow. Good evening, guys. I apologize. It's all good. We, were we just got about talking. we got about twenty minutes past nine. And we're like, should we start? Yeah, let's just start. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. We're just talking about uh, recent games uh, and, and talking a little bit about prepping for uh, Gen Con and whatnot. And since it's G had this this uh, this tournament, uh, we were just talking about some of that stuff. So. I know uh, Raphael uh, bought my Stone Lions list along with all that, and that was a Jihad list. So, if you gotta I watch really, out, I, I really don't want to have to play Raphael. <laughs> like my, my my list is not on that on that caliber. Um, I, I I tried to make it as uh, fluffy as I could. Um, you know, uh, just like like five of the units I have are Capellan exclusive. Um, four are IS General, which hurts my soul a little bit because I really was trying to make it very Capellan, but um, just trying to make it where I wasn't going to guarantee myself to be bottom of the barrel. Um, I uh, have yeah four Intersphere General units, and then the rest are basically like Trinity Alliance. Um, so, you know, it's like Capellan and, uh, Magistracy and, um, uh, Torian and, and, you know, maybe like one other faction, but so it, it is very, very Capellan, you know, like I got a Raven in there, even though the Raven isn't great, but, um, you know, it, it's very Capellan. So it made the cut. I, I know that, uh, last year, Gen Con, I brought a, uh, Capellan list and it did. I, I literally was the last. I, I, I finished last. And uh, I, I realized my mistake was I brought too much stealth, so I paid too much PV for stealth uh, in the list. Yeah, and, that, and that's what I'm talking about of because there's there's enough around in uh, Jihad of like, that. that's when Capellans start getting stealth and you start seeing jump strong, you know, and, and that sort of thing. But... Do, yeah, how far do you lean into it? Do you include it at all? I don't know. I I, I think it's going to be interesting. I I'm also curious how many people are just going to run Word of Blake because because it's jihad. So that it's their moment to shine. Bring on I the know. ECM. I know that there's uh, quite a few folks here in Minnesota that are looking at um, Word of Blake, and I've had a few people popping up asking about society. So. Ooh, squad three. Yeah. <clears throat> so I again, I, the, the era is going to, I think, have a, a wide assortment of just weird, strange stuff, which is going to make the games a lot of fun. I think. Oh yeah, I mean, like, like what Giddy was saying, it's it's on the verge of having the nice, cool, cool tech coming in. You're not going to get any T-Semp cannons or anything like that, but there's only, and there's a few jump strong units, but that's about it. 
Um, yeah. It's like Charles said. It's it's kind of the dipping the toe into the the like the crazy stuff or the the higher end stuff, but it's still a lot of old stuff. So it it'll be very interesting to see a Gen Con what lists come out of it. I agree. I had a complete when I I blew up my. 600 and my 350 just to come in with a GAD list. I was like, oh no. There goes t hmm. Oh no. There goes Jumpstrong. What other sh- crap can I fit in here? Oh, yeah. There's plenty of stuff. Not fun stuff. Oh, it's fun-ish. What's fun to the, some other people? It just You always like to look for the crazy stuff. I like the crazy stuff. I know you do. So, uh, we could continue on. Uh, something really... What about new products? What do we got? I know you there's some... a big errata that came out. They get some new stuff. Um, there's a, They just posted Russell Hogg Dominion and Hanson Rough Riders t-shirts. Remember Hanson's Rough Riders? Just going to plug that in there. Hashtag justice for Hansons. Hashtag. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I, I screwed that up. <laughs> um, yeah, they just posted those on the website not too long ago. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I think the big news, I would say that probably one of the biggest news is uh, the Essentials box in Target. Uh, basically deals with uh, the Solaris 7. You get a rifleman and you get a Yen Lo Wang Centurion in there. Get in. Are you going to get the Essentials box now? I, you know what? I, I live just up the street from a Target and I kind of spaced on the date because I think it was supposed to release yesterday. Um, <laughs> and I didn't run over there to, uh, to check it out. As basically, in, in my mind, and I could be completely wrong, but really, I would be buying that for Yen Lo Wang because I yeah. don't need another rifleman. Yeah. I, I don't use the ones I have. Um, but uh, <laughs> to, to have Yen Lo Wang, and then like this, so this is where my head goes. Um, I go, mm, I could get Yen Lo Wang, and then I go, do I want to paint a white mech with red? No. Then why do I want to get Yen Lo Wang? Because uh, <laughs> I really want Yen Lo Wang. But <laughs> so I go round and round on this because I don't want to paint. Uh, I I don't. Oh, I, I'll drive myself nuts trying to paint that. Uh, the the sun on Yen Lo Wang. I will. But I'm. I think I'm going to have to at some point. But hopefully somebody, somebody who doesn't know BattleTech and is just going to walk down the game the game aisle at my local Target is going to buy all of them. And then I don't have to, I don't have to have this internal uh, conflict anymore. (laughs) Yeah, no, it it's, it's for one, getting it into target is going to be huge. Just having it in their game aisle is going to be very exciting. Uh, It's very much a uh, beginner's box set. So it has the dumbed down version of the, the record sheets Oh, actually, I'm looking at them right now, and it doesn't look that. It doesn't look like the other ones. It looks like they're actual record sheets. Uh, not, not okay. So anyway, they're they're a little they're a little like uh, on the light side, but uh, 
you get uh, a you get some cool maps. You get some stuff. It it is a it's a beginner's box set, is what it is. So good for them. It's retailing at twenty four ninety nine in the U.S., which is a really I think a, a affordable get in the game price. Uh, I did like the meme that's been going around Facebook. It's like mom buys a exclusive or a, an essential box at a Target <laughs> or at uh, the game store, and then ask the clerk who are the good guys. <laughs> it's got the the lady with the trying to figure out the trigonometry stuff. It's like, hmm, who are yeah. the good guys? Yeah, nobody. Nobody. <laughs> nobody. Whoever your favorite is, that, 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 that's they're, they're the good guys. Everybody else is bad but whoever you like they're the yeah. best well yeah. you can't even use the enlo wing in the 350 well I'd, I'd, like i'm okay with that i i would like technically right now no you can't but you could use it as a centurion you could use it as a centurion sure yeah i mean I'm i don't prox- know I, i'm proxying the centurion as i mean i don't know I, I don't know if i like hmmed enough that maybe gets some people excited but <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I also like, I don't know that I've ever seen a centurion on the board at any 350 event. Ooh, I have not. Well, let's take a look at that's kind of sad. Yeah, well, because it, it, it's it's mediocre, it really, yeah, it's it just like, doesn't move fast enough and yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, what, the AH is the go-to? Although, I'm looking at it, 29 points, 8-inch move, 3-3-1. Three, three, it's got 2-4, it's got 5 armor, 4 structure. Look at yeah, the Centurion. The Centurion 9D is 31 points, 12J, 2-3-1, Ooh. Ooh. which I'm kind of, oh, okay. Hold on, what's this one? <clears throat> Looks like it's a 5-2 armor structure, the Centurion 9 D9. D, I gotcha. I gotcha. The D5 is 440 and 16-inch movement. It's got flak? That's not bad. 28 points? That's cheap. Hmm. S- suddenly, we're going to see Centurions. Yeah. Yeah. All all it's like, uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> Everybody's going to take it as a personal challenge. I'm going to make Centurion great. <laughs> the, so, the, the, other one, the other one that I don't see a lot that bothers me it, it bothers me a little bit is the enforcer it just but the enforcer is um very workhorsey if you will yeah oh yeah that's the, the that's the hard part with uh the trooper mechs is they're they're okay at everything but then like it, do i need something that's okay at everything in the list eh. I need something that's great at something, you know, um, generally, but I, I feel like, well, I mean, to be honest with you, what if you, what if you did, I mean, I'm looking at the enforcer 5d right now, uh, 10 J two, 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 five armor, two structure has case and flak one, one, one for 27 points. What if I'd take that all day. That mech you could scale to a two, a three, or a two, and there's your TMM for killer. Yeah, it's got the 10J, so it can move. Yeah. yeah. 
When, I, when I wouldn't want to fly uh, a VTOL near it. Right, it'll ping a ping a VTOL. Oh, Who gets well. it? Oh, pretty much everybody gets it. Oh, well, not well, everybody. It's basically, Fed Sons and Fed Sons, Fed Lyran, Sons Lyran and Mercenary. Yep. Yeah. All right. So the Centurion O. Those are Omnis. Yeah. They're Omnis. That's what I'm saying. They're Omnis, and the just the base Omni is ten inches two two with flak one 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 and rear one one. Dude, I'm kind of digging this five D. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm since we're yeah. talking about the the uh, essentials box set, I'm looking at Yen Lo Wang. 27 points, moves 8, 330. It's got decent armor structure. Melee is always nice. Um, that's the that's the introductory. That's the original. The two adds the TSM, loses some structure. And the three. Oh, damn. Okay. Three's exper- I think the three is experimental, isn't it? Oh, it, it is. is. It yeah, is. it is. It is. Okay. So never mind. I didn't say anything. I mean, I, I'd take Yen Lo Wang if I could. It's that's not bad. You could skill that bad boy up. Well, the the problem is, is that when you see the nice ones, you're like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> Can I fit it into a list? Uh, who's going to take the Fed Sons? That's uh, quite a few. <laughs> I got a Fed Sons list on on the quite a few the, people. I'm I'm just joking around about that. I will say that the one thing uh, it happens all the time. You're like, I'm going to put a Centurion in. And then you start looking, and you're like, ooh, but for the same points, I can get this guy. And then you're like, oh. So to that, right? So I've been, I've been meaning to get Sam on. So Sam won Rumble on the River. I think that was his third tournament that he has won. Um, Sam is uh, 16. And just a, a great, great kid. And Sunday afternoon, we were at Goolsby's house. Because uh, Goolsby had um, Bovi, both Sam and his dad, uh, Gaskill stayed at his house. And um, Hesby stayed at his house. So we had another Battletech day just to get as much Battletech as we could in since people were here. And. I ended up being on Sam's team for one of the games and I asked him, I was like, just shooting the shit with him. I'm like, so Sam, how do you go about building your lists? I mean, you've uh, had some success. And was, I find the cool stuff I want to play with and then build around it. And I'm like, my man, <laughs> we have, we have a lot of folks here in the cities um, who do a lot of math to figure out, optimal units and how they want to put their lists together. And um, then we got some folks that are like, I just rule a cool uh, uh, leads the charge when it comes to building their lists. And kind of, I kind of t- tip my hat to the, the rule of cool and playing with what you want. It uh, playing with a handicap, I think is, is paramount to figure out how to get through stuff. So, Right. I really like that. I mean, I, that's what I do. I like, oh man, that, that mech's really cool. How can I fit it in? I think rule number one in any 350 building, whether you're new or you're 
you're uh, an expert, it's always find something you want to play. You're going to take it to a tournament. You're going to play it for four or five rounds. I mean, if you don't like what you're playing, then then you're just going to, it's going to be kind of a bummer. So just play something you like and then build from there. But anyway, so that's, that's the essentials box set. I think we've, I think it's a great thing. I think it's expanding battle tech. Yeah. I, and I, I do kind of like the Barnes and Nobles um, exclusives and stuff. I I feel for our uh, overseas battle tech kin, but it, 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 Kind of like the alternative is what, then it doesn't exist in order to say, well, we, we need to make sure everybody has access to it. So then we don't, you know, like Catalyst wouldn't yeah. do these things. Like I, because I don't know about you guys, but that's the way that, uh, uh, Bloodbath and I got into Battletech was he saw it on the shelf at a Barnes and Noble and that, that's what it took. Right. And f- from there we have you know, wildly spun through the universe for, <laughs> for decades. Um, but, uh, you know, like it, that's what it, it, it needs to be in front of people. So people know it's there. Um, cause you know, the, the, the amount of foot traffic that goes through a target, um, game aisle is going to be larger than probably what walks through a dedicated game store. So getting product on the shelves at the game stores has been wonderful for people who are into Battletech or very into tabletop gaming. Um, but for the masses, it still doesn't exist for them. Um, so I, I'm, I'm excited. I, um, I, I, if people, you know, across, across the pond, uh, I, I know that there's folks who are like group shipping, you know, ordering multiples and having a friend ship them over to them and stuff. But Unless that is somehow against some sort of international trade laws, then I don't know anything about any of yeah. that. So uh, we uh, <laughs> we we reserve the right to be uh, ignorant, and uh, Charles has no idea what he's talking about. I never do. I never do. <laughs> um, record sheets. Yeah. So apparently, they just dumped a whole bunch of record sheet bundles. Yeah. Yeah, very, and and uh, some of it is really exciting because there's been units uh, units listed out in some of the the newer books um, that haven't been statted out on record sheets, and because they haven't been statted out on record sheets, means that they don't get converted to Alpha Strike, um, and. And like, if you find it in Mech Factory or um, on uh, Mordell, yeah, Mordell, some like it's usually like somebody's like best stab at it. Um, but now we have the official, so now everybody is on the same page and knows exactly how all of these uh, more late era units are built and what the you know all of the ins and outs of them. So no more guesswork. Yeah, I. I remember us briefly talking about it sometime and it was just like, they should just release all the PDFs and then like, ta-da, here they are. Ta-da. I don't know if it's all of them, but it's it was a good chunk. I think there was at least 100 plus units released. Oosta. Yeah. 
So go check out that. Actually, I've got it right here. Where is it? Uh, new record sheets available. Over 1,300 PDFs available. Um, it's record sheets from all over the place. Uh, Dark Age, Jihad, a technical readout 3145, 3150, just a lot of stuff. So they're 10 bucks. They're not free. So unfortunately, but whatever. 10 bucks for the 1300 pack of PDF. I think it's 10 bucks each it's, and there's three or ten four bucks. releases. Yeah, it's 10 bucks per era. Gotcha. So not bad considering the technical readouts were or the recognition guys weren't they like five five or four bucks four yeah. bucks yeah so and you only got i mean you got three mechs and a couple of vehicles and some imagery so not bad it wasn't uh when i don't for, for those of of us who've been around you know like they would sell the record sheet packs and th- those always felt so weird because you, like you had them but you didn't dare use them. You don't want to mark them up because then if you smudged them, then you can't, you know, like, so it it was like this very conflicting thing. So I I feel like the PDF packs are are the, are the perfect solution. You can print them off, use them, throw them away when you're done. Um, (laughs) not, not flip back and forth in this big book of record sheets when you're trying to use them. It was always the best. Like who has a copier or a laminator? And back then, I mean, laminators weren't 25 bucks at Walmart. They were not cheap. And, to, to go to a copy store or something like you're like oh do i copy them all or that's gonna cost me like another x amount of money so yeah it was i remember marking your record sheets very lightly <laughs> so you could erase and reuse them and always using pencil and never using pen mm-hmm. and then when and then every once in a while you'd see the and you'd see that guy using pen you look what the yep. hell are you doing <laughs> like no no. Yeah. Um. I've, I always liked the three ring binder variant or usage out of it. Then, then the ones that come out of those uh, record sheet uh, books that you could buy can go right into a three ring binder. Yeah. The the sheet sleeves. I think I got a box of those downstairs someplace. Yeah. But I don't really play it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days. All right. So next up is Alpha Strike Counters Pack. They're actually for sale. Yeah, and this is this is a while back. This is back in April, but I think they're finally starting to filter on down to uh, you know some of the, the retail more, yep more mass uh, <clears throat> to uh, to name one Aries Games and Miniatures dot com. I believe has these for sale. If not, I will edit that out. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure Derek just posted that he had he got yep. them in stock. So yep. you're safe. Um, okay. So no editing involved. Uh, this uh, I think this is one of the better products they've come out with, uh, especially for Alpha Strike. the The box set came out. Everyone got a box set, and the one thing I really like about these are not only the the lakes that are in there, it adds a little more flavor to your board, the the objective tokens, more buildings, which are amazing. Uh, it's just 
for such a small product, uh, it adds a lot more to your to your board. So the cool Eric's thing is those buildings can hold the mechs up too. Mm-hmm. Just go. Derek's got it listed uh, for eight, about eighteen uh, seventy-five. Oh, that's a steal! Dang. Go get, go get one of those. You will not be disappointed. Well, I, I, what I really, really like out of it is the trees. The uh, being able to actually get three D terrain and get trees. Um, yeah, it's I, it's I, amazing I like when that. you actually put the the cardboard trees together and put a couple of them on the on the board. It it does look really really good. It, you know, in a certain respect, kind of surprisingly, right? Yeah, surprisingly good. Um, considering you just punched it out and you know it's a, it's a T, right? It's a cross. It's a, a tree that makes a cross and stands up. But they're surprisingly they look amazing on the table. So. Yeah, good product. Uh, if you're an Alpha Strike person, highly suggest it. Um, it also includes uh, two of the Alpha Strike uh, triangle templates in in there as well, uh, yeah. which are invaluable for measuring out uh, short distance melee and your one inch uh, either movement or are you in physical range? So. Oh really? I. Yep, it's got a blue and a red one. I have never, ever since we got our templates, I haven't even looked into other people's templates. Well, there are our templates in the in the counters pack. They're Anders templates, I should say. He's the it's, genius it's behind our, it. It's it's the it's the shape. They've yeah. obviously printed something different on them, but it's the shape. It's oh. pretty close. It's pretty close. Anyway. Go get those. Uh, there is also the Battle Force counters pack, which, man, I don't even remember the last time I even looked at Battle Force. <laughs> but I know there's some there's some people out there that do enjoy Battle Force, so they uh, they have a, a Battle Force counters pack as well. So lots of cool stuff in there. But uh, other than that, I th- well, there's one more thing I think we have for new product. Um, a new book came out, oh, I, I believe. Oh, yeah, <laughs> very uh, good book. The Elements of Treason. Uh, that line has a new book out. Uh, it's called called Honor. Um, still believe he, this is Craig Reed's fine yes. work. Correct, Craig it Reed. Is. Craig Reed Jr. So, um, I think there's only one of us that have read it, or Charles. Uh, no, no, I have okay. not uh, gotten. To I know that Andrew's one. read it. He posted something on our Facebook page uh, recently about how uh, Clan Hell's Horses finally gets some really not good made love. fun of. <laughs> I got some really good love. I'm. I was. I really enjoyed the book. Well, I yeah, because what was oh. the the what was there was a shrapnel story right with Hell's Horses with the proto pilots. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like I feel like that was the last the the last one where it was like they they, they were in the the good guy chair. That was a really good story too, by the way. Yeah, it was. <laughs> they were in the not slip on the banana peel and fall on their face. Correct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Just feel like Clyde Hell's horse is the Keystone Cops of the Inner Sphere. It's just it's like 
Come on, man. Give them a win. Just give them a win. It looks like they got that win. I'm sure we'll review this book in uh, its entirety in the next couple episodes. So be sure to look out for that. Maybe we'll have a certain Hell's Horses player on for that episode. He's He's been taking a lot of shit lately for being Hell's Horses. So maybe he got vindicated a little bit. But I thought... So, um, so that's probably... Anybody else could think of anything off the top of their head about new product? Not that's out or that's really been teased, I guess. I mean, there's stuff that's teased, but we don't know when that's coming out. Yeah, I oh. mean, uh, the stuff that uh, was... Uh, well, the limited release stuff from Adepticon is supposed to be coming at some point here. What was that? The Snords uh, proliferation cycle? Uh, the, yeah, proliferation cycle, stuff like that. So. Yeah, yeah, and... I, th- so those are supposed to be coming out any any time now but um it, it's always a little it, well, it's kind of like uh, when the alpha strike box came out and like the folks that were able to get one at gen con were able to sit on it play with yeah. it showed showed pictures to their friends and then like it came out for wide wide release and people are kind of like I mean, I'm going to buy one, but I'm not really excited about it. I already know about it, you know, like, so it, it's tough with those, with those, uh, early releases, but it, it lost its luster a little bit, but yeah, I, I, that's, that's kind of how I think it's going. This one was more minor is the prolific, I mean, the prolific, prolific, whatever that stuff was cool, but you for, hardly you anyone, the, you forgot the urban mech lance. Oh, that's right. I didn't. Which I feel kind of bad. (laughs) I feel kind of bad because wasn't it just a lance of, or like a, didn't they have like a company of just urban mechs? Yeah, I bought it. It's awesome. But but now they have the, they're coming out with urban mechs with the actual Uh, different arms. Yeah. A lance. Yeah. That's has different variants of the urban. The lance one has the different variants of the urban mech in it. Um, You have to buy it. Strictly because you have the Arrow Four in it. Like the only reason I could see myself buying the the company of Urban Mechs is if I was going to actually make a BattleTech chessboard, and those would be pawns. I want to do an Irby Derby. Oh, that would be fun. That would be fun. The only thing I use for Urban Mechs are uh, battlefield basic material, basic <laughs> material. So <laughs> they're great basic material. The fit nicely on the back of a hex or something like that. Crushed, trust, cru- uh, crushed tins cans, right? Yeah. So, um, let's see so here. I wanted to take a quick opportunity because I have been a a bad Discord moderator or whatever, or what? But I have, uh, I finally saw there was some activity on our tabletop simulator Discord channel. And I want to shout out uh, uh, Phil and Gold for doing some amazing work, mostly Phil, because hopefully you guys can see my screen. Mm -hmm. This is what he has been working on, and it's a two-player, or yeah, two-player, 1v1, tabletop simulator, Alpha Strike 350 setup. And... It is 
amazing. I know I spent some time putting a tabletop simulator together, and while it was functional, he Phil took this to a whole nother level. Um, I'm just going to scroll through here. He's got our rules here as a clickable PDF on the side. Um, he's got uh, all kinds of terrain here uh, that you can just pull out or search through these bags. Um, my biggest thing, though, is he has clickable buttons on here where if I want to play hold the line, I just click hold the line and it spawns it spawns the, the tokens. And I'm like, oh, nope, we're not going to play hold the line. We're going to play uh, overrun. It spawns lines on the table. Uh, play King of the Hill. The King of the Hill template automatically comes up. Uh, let's play bunkers. One inch high bunker templates show up. Has all kinds of tokens here. It's got all of our movement dice. It's got rule cards here that uh, uh, explain how to do things. Uh, you can, he just added a change the table size. So if we wanted to play Epic on a four by six, we can. Um, over here, he's got <laughs> this is the coolest part. He's got a dice tray here with numbers next to them and they're all buttons so like say i'm shooting and i need to roll four sets of dice at medium range i just click the four button it spawns dice rolls them and then there's a cute little chart here that said if i needed an eight to hit three of my dice hit it automatically tells you what what your your values are yeah this is like the closest thing to mega mech for alpha strike oh 100 it's got all the appendixes the crits table the movement table the the greatest thing though is the mech selection deal so he's got here i can go mechs a through f and he has all of these pre-generated to where if i want to play a catapult i just click catapult <laughs> i can select its skill rating at Let's just say I want to be a two. I can select its camo. Let's go PPC gray. And then I can select one of, I think he's got four, eight, 12, 16, 24 versions here. Play the C5A. Why not? And then I can just spawn the mech or I can spawn the mech and the card. And the thing pops up right here. It's got the skill value already on there. It's got the card. And as soon as my computer catches up, there's the model and the card. And the nice thing is, is it's got a little hit bar above it. Tells me the armor structure. Uh, this is stupid. You can click on it and <laughs> oh go, my God, oh, this is really cool. armor's down. I got and it. And it's shaded. It tells me it's got like an armor deal here. <laughs> but it's... It's ridiculously awesome. I go back. Maybe I want some battle armor. Look at all the battle armor he's got on here. Let's go with everyone's favorite, the Marauder battle armor. <laughs> Skill three, War Machine grass. Let's go with a squad five. Spawn. <laughs> Look at that. It's right there. Man, Phil, you outdid yourself, man. It, it, it this is, is amazing. It is insane. 
And then when you click on your mech, it automatically, dude, so it automatically will measure. This took me like a week to figure out how to get that to do that. It'll automatically measure it. So I can just select all this stuff, bring it over to my table here. There's my units, and I can deploy. Boom. Just like that. Now the trick is, I wonder if, well, well no, they don't sit in there, but. I noticed I noticed that right away, but that's, but that's, I don't, that's minor. Yeah. That's minor. But see how it, see how it measures? Seven inches, mm -hmm. eight inches, four inches. Yeah, that's really down uh, here. Fully slick, Phil. <laughs> this is this is amazing. <laughs> I I just had to shout this out. I'm gonna be trying to make a video of of a tutorial video of this. Um, Let me know when you want to do. Of course, I'm my I'm free basically all week. Let me know when you want to do it, and yeah. uh, I'd be happy to be uh, your but partner in crime is... on that one. This, this is amazing. This is fantastic. Uh, it you can uh, let's see player overlays pops up your hour and twenty minute clock right there, right off the bat. It it is. I've got MP crit tokens, engine, weapon, fire control, heat. I don't know what these damage tokens are because they're just little tiny balls. So she said. <laughs> but anyway. Um, I know this is probably not very exciting for the listeners right now, but it is, uh, fantastic. So if there is ever a reason to join the Wolfnet Discord channel, this right here is it. Because if you are struggling to get a 350 game in, Phil just knocked this thing out of the park. Um, yeah, you just come over this is here. Amazing. You come over here to the, to the tree and it's got buildings. And it's got hills, and it's got trees, and I don't know. Oh, that's that's the objectives bag, but and you just highlight it all, drag it over, boom. There's a there's even a button here that says freeze terrain. <laughs> oh, so you, can't freeze terrain. so you can't pick all the terrain up and throw it off the table. So once the <laughs> well, yeah, you, you can't. We that's, that, that's that's what we had. <laughs> But you can't you can't just throw it off. But once once you have the the table set, you just freeze terrain, and now I can't grab it anymore. Oh my god, that is so yeah. Cool. So so all of the all of the tabletop simulator difficulties people ran into trying to use the old mod. Phil has been able to code he, he, around it, so you yep. so it, it gets rid of all those little peculiarities because I. One, I, I kind of suck at tabletop simulator. <laughs> I like I just can't navigate it. But man, with all of the the advantages he built in, it makes it way more doable. So so where do people where do people find this other than so, joining our Discord and coming to <laughs> finding yeah, the link? Yeah. So you just down so you go on Steam and you download tabletop simulator. And then in your Steam profile, you can search for um mods and just type in battletech 350 and this is the first or second one that pops up and you just subscribe to it it shows up in your tabletop simulator um i'll you just uh you go to your main menu <laughs> and you just create or join you can 
uh, create a server and you just, here it is right here. You click on it, you click load, takes about two minutes to load and then boom, you're ready to go. It's the one that's not the logo with our logo on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, I, again, I, I'm sorry for the listeners, but it's, it's fantastic. It is, it is amazing. And what he's done so far, I'm pretty sure change map, uh, terrain. You know, if I want to play on a desert or this, that, I'm pretty sure for him, this is like a two minute change. So the, the dice tray is the thing that gets me, right? It's like, uh, two dice and I needed a 10 to hit. It'll roll it for me. And I got two. Wow, good roll. Wow, good roll for me. <laughs> I got two hits at 10. It's uh, already biased. It's already biased, yep. You think you can uh, lose a mech behind a building on this? Well, uh, the good thing is, is you can do this. You know, you can spin around real easy. But yeah, I can see where you could hide a mech behind a building. And if the guy's not paying attention, or the person's yeah. not paying attention... It, big ass, or you got big ass buildings on the table you can't see on the other side of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Aaron found that out on Thursday. Oh man, I lost a mech, big and bad. But anyway, uh, I just wanted to take a moment and just show, first of all, you guys, and to let everybody know listening that uh, this is a thing and it's pretty awesome. I like his little. Uh, you can put all your your deals here and then spin that over and put all your cards on here. So. Yeah, this is this is pretty neat. I'm I'm a big fan of of Phil right now. Uh, I can't can't thank him enough for what he's done. So yeah, he's got another bag over here of aerospace and turrets and mechs and other mechs and vehicles and stuff like that. It, he laid the ground groundwork that uh, you know the hard stuff is done. Now it's just copy pasting to to other stuff. So. Big shout out to Phil. Um, this this whole you know I'll, we're playing capture the flag. All right, there it is. It spawns everything. Here's the flag tokens. You just go over here and you you uh, lock objectives, and you can still move the this, but you can't pick up the the objective. So, well done. Big round of applause for you, buddy. This is fantastic. This is going to help so many players uh, be able to play 350 without, when, where they don't have a community. So, super excited. Anyway, that was, that was my, little, uh, my little rant. So, um, so for, the, for the rest of the people uh, that's been waiting on my uh, list building, uh, I finally got it out to Aaron. Aaron finally got it out. Uh, we got it on YouTube. Um, so yeah. I, I know one of the big things people were talking about was, uh, can we see him build a list? So that's why I kind of uh, encouraged Tommy to record him actually going through the MUL. And the MUL sometimes is tough for people. So... To watch somebody else navigate the MUL, I think that's a good tool to have. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so far it's been received really well. Yep, and I'll be continuing to do that. So uh, the I'll be uh, 
in a hotel room for the next three or four months. So um, we'll uh, see how that goes. I know uh, the laptop I'm on right now, I'm able to record and whatnot. So looking forward to that. Uh, did I don't remember, did, did we get it on a regular podcast or do we have to still find a way to do that? Aaron. Um, because it's an uploaded video, I should be able to get the audio from it and, and extrapolate that and put it into a podcast as well. So perfect. Sorry if I just asked over the air, but no, no, totally fine. <laughs> so anyway, I think the new big topic is, uh, there's, there's been, we uh, should probably, uh, hit ooh, break about- before that. Well, we do so some. Uh, go ahead, Tommy. Huh. Well, take a break. Yeah. What do we usually do before break? <laughs> <laughs> I don't not. I Tommy's usually like stick... make another list. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. Tommy is like uh, make another list. It's highlighted make green it. right here. Oh, history brief. Ah, I gotcha. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Tra- I'm usually sleeping at this point of training time. Training wheels. Um, uh, history brief with Charles Gideon brought to you by Aries Games and Miniatures. On this episode of Wolfnet History Briefs, that time a guy is having a nice war until his little sister shows up and ruins it. Hello Wolfnet and welcome to this installment of Wolfnet History Briefs, where we look at what happened this month in the Battletech timeline. I'm Gideon. Let's go. Today we begin on Cyan, the capital planet of the Capellan Confederation. The date is the 2nd of May, 3062, and Chancellor Sun Tzu Liao is frustrated. His one-and-a-half-year-long war against the successionist St. Ives Compact was making progress, but as is often the case in war, not the progress he had hoped for. Unfortunately for everyone involved, his sister Kali decided to try to help. You see, Kali had a unique way of trying to solve problems driven by her madness, and she also had a death cult, which worshipped her as a goddess a cult who stole enough nerve agent to kill millions. So you can see where this is going. Trying to stop them, a quick-thinking Sun Tzu was able to convince Kali to divulge her co-conspirators and their plans. Now, you may wonder why Sun Tzu, who has become legendary for his political acumen and ability to capitalize on even the smallest opportunity, would try to interfere. Surely, there was room for advancement of his wartime goals for such a driven man. Well, Wolfnet, Sun Tzu saw the big picture. Having just lost the title of First Lord of the Second Star League, he understood the peril such a series of attacks would put his nation in. After all, the Star League had targeted the Smoke Jaguars for annihilation due to their single act of mass murder. An inner sphere united against him would surely wipe his nation off the map. So, Sun Tzu took it upon himself to try to stop as many attacks as possible. Kali was Liao, though, and she didn't put her first wave of attacks in danger to have a grand reveal. 
simultaneous to Kali's disclosure, attacks were underway. On Indicus, Cultus attacked a free Capellan rally, killing hundreds. Among the dead was Tormano Liao, a resistance leader, and Sun Tzu and Kali's uncle. The planet of St. Ives was also targeted, but it seems fate itself was against the attack that was planned. An aerospace fighter loaded with nerve agent-tipped rockets was ready to unleash a cloud of death on the unsuspecting population. A misjump into the planned pirate point prevented the fighter's launch, though the rescue party still fell victim when the pilot managed to fire the rockets in its hangar. Though the casualties to the attacks were exponentially decreased because of Sun Tzu's warnings to the St. Ives rulers, not all the attacks could be stopped. The attacks continued throughout the entire month of May, giving the series of assaults the moniker of Black May, potentially saving millions on the opposing side of the intra-house war won Sun Tzu little favor with the population of the compact, however. His forces gained advantages in the field because of the attacks, even if they weren't actively trying to. Not having to worry about surprise WMD attacks can have that effect. Also, Sun Tzu's reputation for his cunning and absolute resolve made everyone question if he truly was innocent in the attacks. In short, they awaited the drop of the other proverbial shoe. Things may have been different had the public been able to see the lengths the Capellan forces went to while trying to prevent attacks. One of the more harrowing instances involved Warrior House Ajori. Many years before Black May, the cultists had planted indoctrinated children into the recruitment groups entering the warrior house. Of these children, two managed to work their way to commanding companies of troops. When they received a barrel of the poison, they began making plans to attack the planet of St. Ives and succeed where the previous attacks had failed. But an alert infantryman realized what was happening and sounded the alarm triggering a fierce battle. Now, as a quick aside, it is often discussed how tight the bonds of camaraderie can become in a military unit. The hard work and unity of purpose creates a fertile field for loyalty to grow. But this is no standard military unit. This was a warrior house. These soldiers had spent most of their childhoods and all of their adult lives working together for the betterment of the Confederation. Blood can't create closer ties. With this in mind, I point out that during the fighting, one young mech warrior located the poison and opened it, brutally killing the conspirators and dozens of their fellow warriors, all in the name of protecting tens or hundreds of thousands of their alleged enemy. This is Gideon signing off, and remember, those who fail to learn from history are doomed. Uh, I don't know how the matter Three, is. Three, two, one. Three, oh, two, yeah. one. No, Pause. you don't need to. I've got it. I've got it. Don't worry about it. And then just come back into it and say, and that was our history brief with Charles Gideon Dirks. And oh, there it is. Brought to you by Aries Games and Miniatures. There, use that one. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I am going to use that entire thing. I'll, I'm not. At, I'm not going to edit that one bit. Without bloodbath, we are just a, we are a, a ship adrift at sea. We 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 have no direction. So, no direction right. at all. Andrew wasn't. We watched. Andrew, we watched night. We watched Pirates of the Caribbean this weekend, and that whole thing right there just felt like when those two were on the ship, and he was. Waving the lines to try and get the the sail to come down. That's what I pictured us right there. So the the tagline uh, at the very beginning was, uh, "You're listening to Wolfnet Radio, the show that builds the plane while we fly." <laughs> oh well, there you go. <laughs> so, Pretty close. There we go. All right, so uh, we're going to go, uh, head on into the, uh, the the thing that everybody's talking about right now. Everybody is the errata. Uh, we're going to probably not take all of it. Uh, how many pages? Forty-five pages. Yeah, we're just we're just going to concentrate on the new editions, uh, the six point um, We should really add a section called the deep dive, or something deep like that. Dive. Uh, but, uh, go ahead. So uh, there's been a lot of new additions to the Alpha Strike Commander's Edition, which everyone knows is kind of the Bible for playing Alpha Strike these days. And there's some really big ones, and then there's some really not so big ones, but we're going to try to just, for the next hour or so, go over some of the big ones, and and we're just going to go through the document and anything that jumps out at us. Uh, For those who want to follow along, we are starting at the new additions. Of the uh, the downloadable uh, kind of Dropbox uh, deal off of the BattletechBG.com website. Uh, it's under the errata and the forums page. Uh, it's right on the first first deal. You just kind of read the first post and it's right at the bottom. So, and, uh, well, to, to clarify, because this, what we're going off of right now is the pre yeah. 6.0. Yeah. Um, but we've, received on good authority that this is just pretty much verbatim exactly what's going to be in the the well not pretty much it it's exactly what the 6.0 errata is going to be um and they just need to drop it on the errata page for on the main battletech page so that could be the best place to find it when you're listening to this yeah 100 percent um I think, and and the first the first thing is unit types, right? So there's been some discussion about unit types, specifically with you know vehicles that fly. So um, underground units, they're replacing the following uh, in Alpha Strike references to the ground units include all units with an MV rating, including mechs, protomechs, infantry, battle armor, combat vehicles, and all support vehicles, except for fixed wing and airship support vehicles. It does not include units that have a thrust rating. Uh, under the ground vehicles, delete the last sentence, wing in ground effect. And under air vehicles, the first sentence in Alpha Strike reference to air vehicles refer to any combat vehicle or support vehicle that uses VTOL movement, but can also refer to wing in ground effect vehicles due to their unique motive system. They're changing that to, in Alpha Strike, References to air vehicles refer to any combat vehicle or support vehicle that uses VTOL movement or wing and ground effect movement. So, 
VTOLs are not ground units. They're now referred to as air vehicles, correct? I think this distinction is coming in strictly on the wings. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> of the but, uh, onerous, the onerous um, Omni VTOL. Um, this is basically to get around that unit can't carry battle armor. Yeah. When when there's been a lot of confusion, well, just the number of times that we've had a conversation or like on stream, we've had conversations of uh, the VTOL, can it sprint? Uh, because it, sprinting references uh, certain kinds of vehicles, but, but basically it's, if it doesn't have thrust. Right. It's, it's a ground it, vehicle. It's, it's a ground vehicle. So. Right. It, it it's a very nice clean line being drawn where previously there was rules where it kind of sounded like maybe that's a, a wiggy widge wing, wing and ground um or a vtol maybe not eh. and it's so now it's nice and clean which i appreciate a lot and a lot of this is literally just cleaning up some some fudgeable areas when it comes to rules I so, think that was I think that was the the main premise of I think sixth edition was really clarifying mm-hmm. the, the the gray areas and to that there's a couple of things here that we'll get to that are um, sig- somewhat significant changes to to gameplay which well conveniently the next one is mobile versus immobile. Uh, if a unit begins the movement phase unable to move on its own, whether it's immobile, shut down, or being transported, carried, or towed, the unit does not receive a movement this turn. This is very, very big. Because that means that unit does not get an activation during the movement phase, and you can't initiative sync a gun trailer. Or uh-huh. your battle armor that's being carried does not count as... A, a unit in the terms of unequal units or you move, I move, you can't count that as a move just saying, well, he's he's loaded or or that gun trailer is staying still. This my, is a significant my, change. My favorite one is uh, my shutdown mech is stand put. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about about you guys, but I, I lit a little thank you candle in my shrine to uh, <laughs> NC Kestrel when I read this one, because um, I'm just kidding. I don't really have a shrine to you, Kestrel. I you should. I though. probably should though. Yeah, <laughs> we all should. Um, <laughs> but With what that uh, guy goes through, we shall. We all should. Yeah, yeah, but um, especially the immobile shutdown and transported because it always felt very. Uh, gamey to or weird awkward i mean it, it kind of depended right like if, it, if i felt like somebody's really wrong. trying to take it yeah if, if if i felt like somebody's trying to take advantage of it it felt gamey if it just if they weren't then it just felt like me and the other player would like shrug at each other like i i guess you declare them immobile like that sure i <laughs> yeah so so cl- clearing that out uh is a, a big deal, uh, a really big deal. One and especially two for transported because now it's not that awkward. Like, do I declare they're unloading before they unload, or like 
after they after the transport moves or you know it, there there wasn't a clear sequence of events but now they just don't get a turn and they unload at the end of the transport's move if that's what you want to do but that they don't get a turn so it, it's really simplified yeah i'm very happy for this rule it, it it just cleans everything up so much easier um moving on the terrain so this is also kind of a, another you know shout out to the kestrel or uh, it's there's to to paraphrase there's no no tiptoe through the tulips kind of a thing um the the train second sentence is going to change to this difficulty is demonstrated in the form of an extra move cost per inch of travel through such terrain where any part of the unit's base would overlap that terrain to enter a new terrain type a unit must pay for one full inch of movement within the terrain and then may move up to one full inch through the terrain type. Additional movement beyond the first inch within the same terrain type may be paid for in full or half inches. So, what this means is you cannot just dip a toe into the woods and claim, I'm in the woods. Right, because what what, uh, people were doing, um, or the way the rules were written, I should say it that way because it wasn't clear but it would be you could use infinitesimally small amounts of movement to put infinitesimally small amounts of your base on the edge of the trees or whatever terrain you're trying to enter usually trees um and then gain whatever benefit from that uh so now if you don't have enough movement to move that distance plus the extra cost for one inch you just have to stop at the edge, you know, before it was, if, if, if you got a quarter inch left, well, yeah, I can move an eighth of an inch into the, into the trees. (laughs) And then that counts. Right. And and, and so, so, so now it is much more of an intentional thing of if you want to get into the trees, you actually have to be planning ahead to do so. Well, you don't have to, I guess, you know, run a dasher, you you can make it into the trees, no problem. But, um, it's the, I could use all of my movement and get trees. Now you, you literally have to be, be paying for it. So it's awesome. Yeah. I'm very happy for that rule as well. Uh, the movement cost table is getting updated. Uh, that will be in the, the actual update. <laughs> um, I don't think the, the level change is really, if there's anything there, I just, I just know that it's it's clearing up the language um, of of how you can go up and down uh, for hills. Uh, yeah, because I think that this is getting rid of the uh, like you can move up so many inches per so many inches traveled kind of talk. Now it's you have to be able there has to be somewhere for your mini to stand in the meantime. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can climb up four inches of. Uh, of mountain um but there has to be somewhere midpoint where you can your mini can stand and then climb the other two inches because you can only do two inches at a time in a mech so um whereas before it's kind of like well you, you can climb up to two inches for so many inches traveled and what if there's not enough space up there can you just burn mp you know like it, it yeah a little confusing but now it, it's cleared up yep 
so good. Uh, VTOL, you, uh, unit movement. Uh, VTOLs cannot move through any terrain that rises higher than their current elevation levels. This has been a constant, like, where is the bottom of my, of my VTOL? It's, it's, you're, you're one inch underneath, but they can move up in one inch increments and, and you have to have clearance to, to do that. So the, the, what we would, we've had this conversation a number of times at tournaments, your, your elevation height is the distance from elevation zero to the bottom of your VTOL. So when you are flying at a height one, your VTOL can be shot over level one hills. Right. You can't hide okay. behind can't hide behind level one hills. It's not possible. Um let's see. And if anyone, you know, I'm just gonna keep going down, but uh a hull down. I know I know some people have been dabbling with hull down. Um, at the end of the third paragraph, a target that is hulled down cannot receive the partial, co- partial cover modifier. So that's not a thing. Um, and then originally it says units other than vehicles and mechs reduce all their attack values by half, rounded down to a minimum of zero. Change to units other than vehicles and mechs have all attack values rounded down. Any unit with a turret may ignore the hull down attack modifiers and restrictions above if they only use the damage values and special abilities listed on the turret. So you don't lose your attack value if you have a turret. Mario's going to be happy. Which is huge for Mario. <laughs> and vehicle lovers. That, that could be interesting. Is, is that new? I, I feel like that's what the Ares fellows have been doing. Oh, Maybe it's well, not. units other than vehicles and mechs have all attack values rounded down. Right, because the Ares, everything is turret. So, hmm. So, yeah, in hold on with Ares. That's... In the document, what page are you reading from? You jumped and I lost you. Uh, We are on page 30. Holy Christ, you uh, skipped uh, quite a bit. We're just we're just doing the new stuff. We're not, we're not right. going well, through he's... the whole... You skipped over ground movement. Um, ground movement is listed here now. Ground movement is available to all to, uh, is available to and used by all non aerospace units as their standard movement mode. This includes VTOL, WIG, submersible, naval, and all non aerospace movement types except jumping. Again, okay. more more clarification. I think of what is ground movement. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> um, okay, hold on. Now I caught up to him. Now you're here. Now he's here. Uh Mike, skip one. So uh going back though, because th- that'll come up here in this next section. Uh, because my understanding then is battle armor or infantry that have VTOL or jump movement also can use that same movement on foot. Is that correct? I think I'm understanding that correctly. My understanding is VTOL cannot, like the Cobalt 2Cs, they can't go 
12 inches on the ground and and not be using VTOL movement. Right. Right. What what that card technically should have on it. And I don't know if I forgot to bring this up or not, because I, I believe we've talked about this before. But like VTOL units should have a 2F slash 12V, right? Um, that's my understanding. I will, I'm actually going to reach out to him right now. You know, we should have had him on tonight. We, we probably should have had him on tonight. Yes. I mean, if he's not doing anything, he's more than welcome to come on. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that is, that is one of the things that we have had some discussions about is like, well, it's, it's a 12 V unit, so it can move 12 V. Now, under the rules, I guess it's only allowed to move one inch of foot because every unit is able to move one inch. But why would you not use VTOL? I, I don't know. It's it's one of those things. Um, we'll circle back to that if he gets back to us. But uh, yeah, ground unit is ground unit if it's if it's anything other than aerospace or jumping. Because this all the the weird thing is that this all ties into other rules, right? Where they say, well, ground movement or or air vehicles or this or that this is where that that little excerpt is supposed to help clarify what ground movement is right and and that's what makes rule writing hard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it isn't necessarily uh the oh well this rule needs some work yeah okay cool but then it has to be written in such a way that you're not shooting yourself in the foot in five other places exactly. and, have it, and then have to go fix. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's why, that's why we should all have shrines to, to Kestrel. Um, <laughs> so we'll move on to the, one of the biggest errata changes, I think in 6.0. And it has been this in the last few <laughs> errata changes, but uh, transporting infantry. Um, so one of the big things, just to, to, for clarification, uh, it originally says mounting infantry must be done at the beginning of the transport unit's movement. That's changing to mounting infantry must be done before the transporting unit's movement. So before the transport moves, infantry must be mounted or embarked is the other word they're, they're using here. Now, this one is a is a really big rule change, so bear with us because I'm going to read the whole thing. Under infantry transports, replace the third and fourth paragraphs with the following. Immediately after its transport has completed its movement, the transported units may dismount. This is part of the transport's movement. Units cannot dismount the same turn they are mounted a cannot dismount the same term they mounted a transport, nor can they dismount from a transport that mounted units this turn. We all know that. Dismounted units must be placed in base-to-base contact with the transport and in terrain not prohibited prohibited to the dismounting unit, including any elevation change. As part of dismounting, the dismounted units can then 
move up to half their MV movement rounded down. Dismounting dismounting units cannot use standstill, hold down, or sprinting movement modes and can only use jump movement mode from an airborne transport or if recognized. See below. Airborne ground unit transports, VTOL or WIGI, may dismount jump-capable units, including battle armor or infantry that have a paratrooper's special ability, but must land to dismount all other unit types. Eligible units dismounting from an airborne unit must be placed in base-to-base contact where the transport's base would be if it landed at its current location. Units dismounting from an airborne unit cannot move on the same turn. Units dismounting from an airborne transport receive the airborne target modifier the turn they dismount. Units transported by airborne aerospace units or non-jump capable units transported by airborne ground vehicle transports may only dismount using the dropping troops optional rules on page 160. That was a lot. That's a lot. That was a lot. There's a little bit more. There's a little bit more. Under under mechanized battle armor, at the end of the first paragraph, insert the following. A transport carrying mechanized battle armor may not go airborne or use WIGI, VTOL, submersible, or aerospace thrust movement. Okay. So no mounting elementals on your Omni fighters. Correct. Or your Omni VTOLs. (laughs) You you can. can. You just can't take off. (laughs) They just can't take off. (laughs) You can move. You can move one inch. (laughs) All right. So so yeah. Let's break this down. Let's uh that first section there talking about. So they they, the the rules for how you dismount are cleaned up, um because, originally there was no rule saying where you put the mini for the the infantry, which people. It just kind of like figured out like it should be base to base, right? But right. theoretically, you could throw the mini across the room and say, yeah. "I'm dismounting over there," um, and not ter- not prohibit terrain, and then also not elevation change. So clears up that you can't unload them up or down a hill, um, and then now they get to move half their movement. So then this is where I was getting at with the moving on foot, right? Because you can't jump if you're like, basically if you're using IT, if you are using IT on a vehicle, you can't jump out of it, but you have to, but you can run. So then right. if, if you have elementals that are 6J, you can move a few inches, but just not mm-hmm. get your jump bonus. Right. Uh, yeah, and that and that goes back to like our Cobalt two C's, right? So they have a twelve V. The way this rule is written, they technically can't move. They are just deposited base to base contact of the transporting unit. Well, no, they'd be able to take off. It, no, because it, it, uh, where does it say? Dismounting units cannot use standstill, hold down, or sprinting movements and can only use jump movement mode from airborne transport or if mechanized. Right. So they jump. So they, they can, can only vehicle. use jump movement from an airborne transport. Right. So you can't drop off of a mech and then jump somewhere else. No, you, that's exactly what you can do. You, you can jump off of a mech. You can't jump out of a transport. 
So if you are mechanized, you you get a jump. Being being mechanized is being transported by the Omni special. I've been fucking talking for a while and I've been on mute. This is this is awesome. Um, <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, Andrew's got nothing to say about this. Holy cow! Um, no, mechanized. Guy, I don't care what he says. <laughs> mechani- mechanized is that you are being carried by Omni. So being carried by Omni gives you the ability to use your half your jump move. Otherwise, you have to be on foot, or otherwise you okay. have to have ground movement. I see it here. Or mechanized. Or, I see or in this or in this case, um, airborne airborne ground. I see that we may have to bring this up though because it does. It, is that what they meant? Right. If I dismount a Cobalt Two C, which in a certain respect, I have to ask why you're transporting Cobalt Two Cs in a transport. <laughs> but if you dismount, say the Hatchman Taro. Um, extraction team as well. They're a, an infantry on VTOL as well. Can they dismount and take off? Right? Could they Could they spend... So the Cobalt 2C is a 12, 12 V. Would they be able to spend four inches of movement to go to a height two and go two inches in any direction? Right? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah there's nothing here saying you couldn't. The way that reads, that is that is acceptable. Now, the one thing that I've had some people <laughs> trying to get to me, and in a certain respect, you, you kind of have to ask too: infantry that use VTOL movement, why can't they disembark from an airborne unit? Because it says so. <laughs> I.e., like I, I had I had one enterprising individual wanted to dismount those aerial beasts. From a Karnov. <laughs> nice. Like, like, like I appreciate a, the uh, cinematic of it. Uh, it's a um, really baller idea, but it doesn't say you can do that. <laughs> I'm I'm a big fan of that. That sounds pretty cinematic. Um. Yeah. I mean, release release the Nazgul. Release. The... <laughs> uh, but then that moves into the the next section, right? Of being able to yeet, yeet your jump capable or para equipped units out of a uh, transport, which there was a line in the original rules that talk that implied this, but there was nowhere that clarified how you would other than under optional rules. So everybody kind of had to use the optional rules to try to do such a thing. Um, but now it's clarified of like, you can just unload them. Yep. As though, as you would normally, it's just rather than them getting to move after they unload, they use their movement to fall to the ground. Um, I also no. would like to refer to this as a pull because if they have the airborne bonus, that means that flak ought to work against them. Ooh. So you're going to have battle armor falling through the sky. You're right. With you're right. You're right. 100%. Like it. it is I an like, airborne I, unit. I like that. And that is actually, that's an additional clarification that dismounting from an airborne unit using para or vita jump movement, they are considered airborne. That That's a new thing as well, correct? Yep. 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 Um, but also, so they get the airborne, which I guess makes sense because it offsets that they don't get a move. So if Correct. I, mm-hmm. I throw my, 
my elementals out of the back of my VTOL. Um, they get one for airborne, one for being battle armor, and that's it. Yeah. Whereas if if I ha- if I land and let them take off running, they're going to be at the same point because they used up MV to get their one TMM and one for battle armor. So that way it kind of like levels the playing field a little bit where one way of deploying isn't just inherently a way better choice. Correct. Yeah. I, and I, then I like the fact that they're using airborne with deploying units. It makes, it makes total sense. I like it. And then because as Charles, you just pointed out, makes shooting at them more interesting. I like flack. <laughs> I like that. I, yeah, I, like, it, I like the interesting aspect of it. There are some edge cases, uh, specifically with battle armor or infantry that can use VTOL. Uh, those are, those are questions that are, you know, that's, those are good questions. Um, unfortunately, We'll probably get a, a minor 6.1 errata kind of a thing, but it's good that we're make, we're coming up with them now. Um, this does make transporting battle armor, especially battle armor that have good movement, not not the 2F or the 4J <laughs> or whatever. Um, it, I think this justifies it. Their their PV because everyone keeps talking about the elementals and how they're like yeah they're still seventeen to nineteen points and that's a lot. Well now you can get you can carry them into the battle and then they can move when they dismount. That's huge. Well, as as somebody pointed out, right when you are able to take things that can move six inches and gain now you're gaining three. Right now, all of a sudden. 16 inch transports you can get units to the center of the table mm-hmm. right i can i can take a 16 inch transport move it up the field dismount my infantry and using half their movement i can get to the capture the flag or the domination or um king of the hills a bigger template but, but that, um, that means you could use your bandit now I, I believe bandits are 16 inch movement. There's a lot you of are 16 inch movement. But it also means that your your dasher or whoever you're carrying can actually get behind, you know, the unit, get out of their firing arc and still deploy their battle armor in a base to base anti mech attack. The bandit and the bandit C are both 18 inch movers. Oh. Hmm, but I thought a different one then. You might be thinking of the Badger, and that's the tract that moves 12. Anyway, so that was one of the very larger uh, portions of the 6.0 errata. I know Jade Falcons have the freets that move 8 inches, so... The, yeah, that's 4-inch movement. The interdictor, indictator, whatever one. Interdictor? Uh, yeah, whatever. I'm hoping what I'm what I'm hoping to see with with this change is that we get to see a lot more anti mech attacks. Yes. Like people yeah. are are aggressive with their battle armor because there's a upcoming rule change as well concerning um, infantry in base to base contact. 
which mm-hmm. is a fantastic change as well. We'll we'll tease that and when we tease get it. to it. <laughs> when uh well I, I think that what this also does is it because the the hold on let me formulate my thought. So <laughs> People basically, there was a real hard lean into assault battle armor uh, because people just dump them, throw, you know, eight, 10, 12 damage, um, load them up, take off again next turn. This really makes the medium battle armor, I think, much more useful because the, that assault battle armor, you dump it, it doesn't get to go anywhere. Um, half its movement is an inch, it has, it still gets zero TMM it doesn't really uh, expand your options very far. Um, whereas the more, more uh, versatile medium battle armors like elementals, I can jump them off of my omnis and get my extra three inches. I get, I get TMM um, because that was always the downfall of why would I take medium battle armor when it just gets blasted the turn I unload it because it, it gets no TMM, it gets no protection. Um, so it was on the same playing field as the assault battle armor. So this way, those medium or light battle armors um, get to use their movement and get to be more versatile and have that versatility shine. Um, because you otherwise you have to like dump them and leave them on their own in order to get any kind of like benefit out of it. Um, so now it has its place again compared to assault battle armor. So I'm I'm really glad. I think when they uh, when they nerfed the assault battle armor by increasing the PV value, uh, it helped out a lot. But I think this one helps even more out. It's a lot more cinematic to me. Oh, abs, one hundred percent. It I mean... it just it feels cinematic to me. You you read about all the stuff in the fiction and about how. You know, a dasher runs by, and then all of a sudden, you didn't even you didn't even notice that five battle armor are now way really close to you. <laughs> so it just it just feels cinematic to me. Yeah, and um, I I know my experience on uh, yesterday uh, did some testing of the errata here, and my experience in um, uh, Chandler, uh, one of one of our longtime supporters. Um, O-Tube. O Tube. He's on O Tube. He's on Armored Up. He's he's everywhere. Um, but yeah. he uh, he also was trying them out, and we had a very similar experience of yeeting our infantry out of a transport uh, out of a VTOL. You might as well just put a meat grinder in the door and throw them through that because they, they they don't survive impact. <laughs> so it sounds really good, but. It, it, I haven't been able to figure out how to get it to work really well. Um, although it, th- that's the thing, right? Like it's new rules. So that means mm-hmm. there's going to be new tactics, new approaches, maybe dropping them into cover rather than trying to drop them onto objectives yep. is the way to go and go for more of an area denial thing. But uh, it'll be interesting. I- I'm excited to see how people figure out how to play with this new rule. Uh, the transporting units, the mounting and barking, dismounting and barking. Uh, they just clarified some of the some of the uh, verbiage in there. Uh, the line of sight change is interesting. It used to be uh, to use indirect fire, there must be a friendly unit to the attacker that has a valid line of sight and is within forty two inches of the target. It's changed now to uh, there must be a friendly 
Uh, a unit friendly to the attacker that has not yet made an attack this turn. That's a big one. Yeah, because, well, right, because there's the uh, the plus one modifier, right? Mm-hmm. If you if you attack and spot, so if you already attacked, you couldn't go back in. Uh, you would go, well, I'm going to do this. Well, I'm gonna... you can't go back in time and undo your dice rolls for that attack. Uh, but now it's clarified of like, you have to start there. You don't get a, there's no possibility of, of rolling back anything. Um, you, you need to start with did not attack yet because yep. then you get all your modifiers correct. This is a big missed opportunity, guys. So just just be wary of this. If you use indirect fire or you use spotters, this is a missed opportunity. And you're like, well, uh, he's spotting. And you're like, sorry, but he attacked already. So he cannot spot. So if you're going through this, and, and this is one of your your unitless kind of things to do, make sure your spotter didn't attack already, because otherwise he's not going to be able to. Um, let's see, attacker movement modifier. Infantry, infantry, both conventional and battle armor do not use attacker movement modifiers. They always have a plus zero attacker movement modifier regardless of the movement mode used. I think that's just clarifying that uh, infantry don't get to use movement modifiers. Yeah, I think um, previously it was only on the chart. Yep. Uh, with with a little hashtag saying, you know, <laughs> infantry don't apply this. So now it's going to be spelled out in the rest of the rules, so that way you can find it in the text. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I think this is the one that Andrew was alluding to. Units uh, under range modifier. Units may not make weapon attacks against targets in which they are in base to base contact. Change to non-infantry units may not make weapon attacks against targets which in, with which they are in base-to-base contact. That's kind of big. This time is to, awesome. Time to <laughs> dust off the tortoise twos. Tell you what. This is awesome. I mean, it's it's a, it goes directly hand in hand with the ability to have half your movement. So your infantry. I mean, they've already. Infantry are are fairly powerful in Alpha Strike already. Um, I think this just helps their survivability even more by, you know, being able to get into base contact and still being able to shoot. Whereas before you were just kind of dodging, dodging physical attack if somebody deemed you worthy enough to uh, give you the time of day. Um, now with infantry, you can move into base contact and still get to shoot. Because if you didn't have anti-mech, you were kind of stuck. Yep. This opens the door to a whole bunch of infantry units that are now desirable. Because usually it was like, oh, they don't have anti-mech. Dang it. And you're like, well, because I've, I've done this numerous times, specifically with my Black Wolves. I'll get in base to base. I'm like, yeah, anti-mech attack. And then someone comes through the stream and they're like, uh, Black Wolf don't have anti-mech. <laughs> and I'm like, no. Now they can well, shoot. Well, and it prevents you from getting handcuffed, right? Because yep. that, that was that was the the tactic to combat assault battle armor was just getting base to base with them and they're helpless. Um because they can't hurt you. Or or even um uh, 
elementals, right? Throw your elementals in base to base with assault battle armor. The elementals can anti-mech the assault battle armor, but the assault battle armor can't shoot back. Like, uh, it just didn't quite make sense. Didn't make um, any sense at all. So, or or now even, um, let's say you have your elementals and you get in base to base with a dasher. You now get to make a choice of, do I want to go for the all or nothing anti-mech attack or do I roll my two, three damage and try to take him out with my weapons without taking that plus one? I, I mm-hmm. get I get more options as battle armor or infantry now. Yeah. Well, and it, it also comes down, right? So you're base to base with a dasher. I probably have better chance of shooting him than I do that. But if I'm, you know, base to base with an assault mech, do I want to take the chance of getting a crit? Heck yes, I do. Yep. Yeah, yeah, well, because that dasher, yeah, if you're, if you're going to hit him, he's going to disappear. If you're going to so hit him, need, he's going to go away. <laughs> you, don't need, you don't need a crit. You don't need a crit. No, no. But those, uh, those crits on heavy and, and assault battle mechs, that, that's, that's a choice that I would make with the anti-mech. Okay, um, let's move on to uh, a, a minor one with rolling to hit under natural 12. It's getting changed to uh, if the attack roll is successful, comma, deals at least one point of damage and the roll is a natural 12, the attack results in an automatic critical hit. This is to take into effect zero star damage. You you have to hit with a point of damage in order for the natural 12 to get you the the crit. This is awesome. I think we just maybe two weeks ago just went over the zero star. Mm Mm-hmm. So this just caps it off as like, yes, you have to deal at least one point of damage to get that crit. You got to roll that eight. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's or, sorry. Sorry. Uh, zero you stars. Roll, you roll one die. One dice. And if you yep. get a four, five, or four, six, five or six, then you roll your two hit number. Right. You, you hit is what you do. You have to roll the two hit first, and then you roll the single dice. No, you roll yeah. the single dice first, and then roll your two hit. Because if you don't roll, if you don't roll a four, five, or six, there's no point to roll your two hit number. Well, and the the opposite that, is also true. If if you don't hit, it doesn't matter if you do a damage true. or not. So yeah, that's I'll, the whole I'll reason for that this. That's the whole reason for this rule is to because if you're rolling to see if the zero star even hits, and then you roll your, I'm pretty sure you roll your. Two hit number first. Yeah. Keep moving. I'll look it up here a minute. Uh, physical attacks. Let's see. Second paragraph, last sentence. Melee Change. is getting added. Oh, or, there you go. Uh, only units with melee can do the melee special uh, special attack. Um, and they switched that from mechs, so that way they can have vehicles with melee. <laughs> <laughs> Start welding on your spikes onto the front end of your Savannah Master, boys. Oh man, now I'm just imagining Brute with a like a hatchet <laughs> taped to the top of his opponent. <laughs> it's just like battle bots where you get close enough and you you pull the string and the axe comes flinging towards you. Uh, oh, and also units that use VTOL, Wiggy, or aerospace movement this turn may not make physical attacks. So no. You cannot charge your VTOL into something, which kind of sucks, but 
would be fun to see, but no, you cannot make physical attacks with VTOLs. Uh, let's see. Uh, only units with melee may make special. Yep. Uh, vehicle. So sorry to the uh, physical attacks. Vehicle units that oh, may only attempt the charge and melee physical attacks. Infantry units, including battle, may attempt an anti-mech infantry attack if they have anti-mech. Infantry may not use any other physical attack type. So that got yeah. clarified. Yeah. Um, the death from above. Uh, the new rules now add jump strength or jump weak. Only at a two plus, right? Your jump strength. So has if you're to doing a, a DFA two. and you have jump strength two plus, add a minus one to the DFA damage if the unit has jump weak, uh, two plus. If you have uh, jump strength two plus, you add plus one damage. So Phoenix Hawks two C's. Yeah, Sean was. <laughs> there, Sean, Sean. Sean was pretty happy. Yeah. There, Sean. Got your way, I guess. That's, it, it's, well, it's not the nine damage or whatever ridiculous <laughs> thing he was no. doing. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, let's see. I don't know if the artillery attack scatter is a big thing. It's just clarifying uh, margin of failure. It is kind of a big deal because you, uh, don't okay, roll so the, you don't roll another. You don't roll another set of dice now. Oh, the point of impact will then scatter. So we'll read it. Uh, once direction is determined, the second 1d6 roll result multiplied by 2 if the attack is not from a artillery cannon determines uh, how many inches. So usually you roll the direction, then you roll another dice, multiply that by 2, and that's how far it goes. We're changing that to the point of impact. will then scatter along this direction in a distance in inches that is twice the margin of failure. The attack roll missed the target number. So that's interesting. I missed Ooh, that one when I, we were playing yesterday. I kind of <laughs> like that. I kind of like that. So if you're if you're throwing a, a artillery shell and you miss by one, it only moves in the direction by one inch. Uh, mm. Two two for artillery, one uh, for a cannon. No, all right, but, boys and girls. Here's here's the zero star. Sorry, oh, it took twice so the long. margin. Yep. Every time a unit executes a successful attack at a range bracket with zero star damage, its controlling player must make a 1d6 roll. If the result is four or higher, the attack delivers a single point of standard damage. Otherwise, the attack still hits but delivers no damage. Successful minimum damage attacks that fall, fail to deliver any actual damage may not resolve any critical hit or motive checks, but will prompt but will prompt hull breach checks if they occur in underwater or vacuum environments. Okay, so, these, da, da, da. so by that it says every time a unit executes a successful attack, which means you roll your attack dice first. Mm -hmm. Stand corrected. My my group talked me into that. My bad. <laughs> you can't listen to those. those yeah, don't let them do that. Don't, no, let them so... boss, don't let them boss you around. So, <laughs> so, so, so going back to what, what uh, you were talking about, coach, the artillery tax. So it encourages you using intelligent artillery attacks, like skilled artillery attacks, mm -hmm. right? Because if you run a skill six artillery and you need a 12 to hit, 
<laughs> you could scatter anywhere, right? Like you, you are going to miss that 12 by a up lot to, uh, up to 20 inches. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's the guy that tried to do the, the scatter Frank. artillery list? Frank, Frank, <laughs> where's it landing? I don't know. <laughs> probably off the board yep <laughs> i love it oh that's great okay um but i mean vice versa if you have a very skilled artillery and you only miss by one that's only moving at two inches you might still hit depending yeah. upon where you place that template yeah so i i really 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 like that rule which mm. yeah, it, it makes sense, right? If you have a the, the more skilled you are, the more likely you are to be in the general vicinity of where you're aiming. Um, is is that going to be like a, is that going to turn into artillery shots like leading the target? So you'll like instead of putting the whole template over the entire mech, you're going to be like, no, nah, I'm just going to put it like in the first like just inch it onto him in case I miss. <laughs> I can maybe still hit you. You know, interesting. interesting. I, yeah, yeah. I, I it, it, that would maybe be probably more brain power than I have, but uh, I could see some like optimal play there. Yeah. Of I, I know that your units are kind of clumped that direction. They don't all, you know, like they don't all fit under the template. Otherwise, I'd put it on them. But I'll aim it here because I got maybe a fifty-fifty shot of catching one of them if I miss. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, you got a one in a one in six chance if it scatters the right direction to hit what yeah. it is that you're after. Hey, I'll take it. It's better than nothing. <laughs> some, some big brain game action there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh let's see. I think the uh the engine hit stuff is uh just clarification. I'm looking through here. Uh it does say that if you did attack, you will generate one point of heat. Um, and it's not overheating, so it's no matter what, you're gaining that heat. You can't get rid of it. <laughs> um, MP hit, MP hit got, got clarified. It's going to change to the affected unit has all move ratings and TMM. Rounding down, each MP hit reduces the MV by a minimum of two inches and TMM by one until unit MV and TMM of zero. So there was some, and it, it was, it read weird in the book, right? Yeah. Well, it was uh, like have MV. Yeah. But, but because heat only affects, it doesn't affect jump movement. It was easy to get it twisted up of I'm having my ground movement yeah, and not all my movement. So now yeah. it's clarifying it all gets affected. Uh, the weapon hit uh, is changed to uh, it's a minus one value for pretty much everything. So if you have a special that has a, a, a value, it's minus one to all those two, including artillery, boys and boys and girls. If you take a weapon hit on artillery and you only had, you know, artillery one. arrow for one, you don't have artillery anymore. Uh, actually, I'll take that back. You have an artillery zero star. <laughs> Correct. So the an, another clarification is uh, a unit with a one damage value is reduced to zero star, and a unit with a zero star is reduced to zero. So 
there's still a chance. No, I, I think that's two separate things. Oh, special, is this... special abilities that have damage values are reduced by one, a unit with one damage value. So that ah, okay. artillery is not a damage value. That's good call. A, good a call. fire. That's just um, a value. Okay. Right. All right. Good call. Good catch. Whoop, say that again. Uh, your so your special abilities don't go to zero star. They just go to zero. A unit with a one damage value, well, including I, those of special abilities. I can, I can see an argument value. for that because that special, a special damage is a damage value. That's true. No, it isn't. Artillery, it is not. The damage right. is actually, actually the shell dropping. It's just you get to shoot one artillery. I don't know. Uh, but heat, heat mm. is a damage, right? Because yeah. if it's against, if it's against no. a non mech unit, it deals damage. Interesting. I I think, though, that it, because those are not, I, I don't think that's what it refers to as a, a one damage unit. Well, it, it or, does or a say, unit with one damage value. I think what it does that's referring all... to is your. All Practice. damage values, including those of special abilities that have damage values. And then it oh, lists off yeah. AC, mm. artillery, flak, heat. And so it is in that sentence saying that those special abilities do have a damage value. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. See, and this is why rule writing is hard, folks. 6.1. 6.1. <laughs> Sorry, Nicastrol. I, I I think you have to treat it as a damage value. Even the artillery. I agree. I the artillery go to a zero star. And and in a certain it, I like that it goes to a zero star, and at the same time, I don't. I like the fact that it doesn't just wipe it out and you still have the opportunity. I don't like it because it adds more dice rolls. But at least it will get people familiar with Zero Star. <laughs> Not that it was that big of a thing well, anyway, you, but okay. You had, to, you had to look up the rule. <laughs> I had to look up the sequence. For the, <laughs> I know how the rule works. And either way, the sequence works. Anyway. So I, I think we'd have to rule that as the way they wrote it is those are damage values, not just values. Anyway, moving on. Um, the multiple modifiers. So <laughs> the multiple modifiers is basically saying uh, take them as they came to you. There's a lot of things that stack in this situation, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's there. Read it. Um, it it's useful. Uh, artillery support under an unsuccessful attack. Oh, so if the artillery misses the point of impact, they're just changing target to point of impact. Uh, minefields cannot be placed over other minefields, in case anyone was doing that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, let's see. Planted fields? We don't have any planted fields terrain, do we? I don't. I, I should make I an Iowa board, though. I, yeah, we should make an Iowa board. That would be kind of fun. Uh it says, uh, first paragraph, second sentence, however, they rise two inches above the underlying terrain 
and impart a plus one terrain modifier if there are at least four full inches of planted fields intervening between the Atari and uh, whatever that means. Boy, those are some really, really tall that's, corn stalks. That's some, that's Holy some, buckets. That's some 31st century gen- genetically modified corn. Maybe there's like 10 years on one Two stock. inches? <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's the height of trees, man. Dude. It's the height of the mech. That's that's excessive, I think. Anyway, um, large units block line of sight through them to smaller units, just in case anyone needed that clarified. Basically, that's the Ares and dropships and some support vehicles, I guess, but we don't really see those a whole Do, lot. Okay, so area. Okay, hold on. Large units block line of sight through them to smaller units. Yeah, so they Dave don't block line of Dave, sight from Aries Dave to Aries. Yeah, Dave can't take his huh? two Aries and march them train style down up the up the field and say oh, ah. you can't see that one. <clears throat> Get wrecked, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I like that. Um, climbing. No, I don't think we really need to cover that. Units and buildings, skidding, resolve, skidding. Are we are we just going through this and covering things that are applicable to 350? Pretty much. Okay. Um, uh, there are some other stuff. I I encourage everyone to go read it on their own anyway. But we're just we're just nitpicking some stuff. Otherwise, we'd sit here for three hours going over the whole thing. Oh, let's see. Electronic countermeasures. ECM will disrupt the following hostile electronics on units within its area of effect or that have an effect that has a line of sight, has its line of sight for the the effect go through the ECM's area. Okay. So that's clarification. Uh, Flak is getting changed. It is now... um, if a unit with this ability misses its attack roll by two points or less when attacking an airborne unit or any unit that's used VTOL, Wiggy, or thrust movement this turn. Right, so landing your VTOL doesn't make you immune anymore. Correct. And jumping uh, infantry out of the VTOL would be considered an airborne, airborne. unit. Yep. So, so you, yeah. you move your VTOL and land it on an objective, they still get the plus one for being airborne. Because no. they no. Because they use VTOL movement. No. Yes. They don't, because they're not an airborne target. What this is getting changed to is if unit, uh, whatever, by attacking an airborne unit, comma, or any unit that used VTOL, Wiggy, or thrust movement this turn. Correct. So if so you, if you use... move... If you move and land, you moved VTOL movement, you still get a plus one even if you're landed. No, the plus one is an airborne target. Uh uh-uh. I'm pretty sure it's I'm pretty yeah. sure there's a distinction there. An airborne unit gets a plus one. If right, a VTOL we... has landed, it is no longer an airborne unit, but now it the says flag. Or. It says or. Right, right, but but the 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 target modifier is for an airborne target. The flak says if you 
if they used VTOL movement, period. So even if they're not airborne anymore, you get to use flak against them. Oh, at the minus two when they're landing. Well, the, yeah. the two points are less. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Why? Uh, who played? Who did I play? That ju- oh, it was at KSAG last year. He's like, oh, that doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> I'm like, I know it doesn't. So, uh, here you go, buddy. Here's the rule that now you can shoot flak at my landed VTOLs because I terrorized him with that rule. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, le- leapfrogging your uh, VTOLs was totally valid. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because you still got your TMM, and he's like, I don't, that makes no sense. I'm like, well, technically, I flew, and then I landed, <laughs> and he's like... But I gotta use my flak. I'm like, well, no, I landed by the time you shot at <laughs> right. me. <laughs> right. I, I timed it just right that I sat down. He, he was not so, happy. <laughs> so now I'm hard to hit again. Like, yeah, nope, it makes total sense. So there we go. They they we've we fixed that little niche uh thing with VTOL movements. Uh let's see. Jump strength and jump weak also affect damage dealt when executing death from above. <laughs> Any effect that reduces TMM by 50% will lower the jump strength by one. Hmm. So uh, if you get an MP hit, you lose jump strength, which is a clarification that I think we are all playing it that way, but maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I think so. But especially if you have jump strong two, then it was kind of a, even if you took MP hits, you somehow always got two TMM for jumping. Um or three, I guess, technically. Mm-hmm. One plus the uh, extra two. Uh, so, that, yeah, this is a good clarification, though, that you should be losing it if you can't jump as far as you were. Yeah. Uh, another weird clarification. I don't know who was using abusing this, but ground-based units with the Omni special ability mechs or vehicles may transport a single battle armor unit using the mechanized battle armor rules. Was there someone transporting more than one? I, I don't know. I, I think, uh, I think, uh, kind of getting into the weeds on, um, total warfare rules. I think super heavies can transport two points. Oh, um, okay. But yeah, I don't know of anybody who's actually trying to do I that. Though. I don't know anybody who was doing that. Um, turrets, a unit with a turret has some or all of its weapons mounted with a 360 degree field of fire. The unit can make, can make an attack. On a unit outside of standard firing arc, but must use the damage values. Yes, a multi-firing arc unit like dropships. Uh, that has nothing to do with uh, notation and tracking of C3 networks. I think this is just clarifying that before the start of the game, you need to mark the cards. One, oh. you know, one, one, one. These are these four are in. Uh, this C3 lance, and these these other four are in another C3 lance. And if you have a multi master, right, sure. you could connect all the lances. Then I got so you. it's well, just getting notation down. One the the other piece is there wasn't a rule designating that you couldn't have slaves and masters under a single master, um, which has been the way that it's been in total warfare where your master can either run up to three slaves or up to three other masters, but no mixing the, the old rules in alpha strike didn't have that same distinction. Um, and now they do. So. Uh Okay. 
Okay. Uh, ballistic reinforced armor got some clarification there. Um, I want to move on yeah. to a yeah a feather in our camp or our cap. Uh, cargo transport comma tons. So the CT special ability. It did read this ability can be re- can be reduced in value and the same amount of infantry transport added to a unit prior to the start of the game is now changed to. This unit or this ability can be reduced in value and half the amount of infantry transport added to a non-mech unit prior to the start of a game. So that Snow Raven's Warhammer that has cargo two can't carry infantry. Cannot carry infantry. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Womp, <laughs> but uh, this is a rule that if you've played 350, you have read this rule. Uh, I like the addition of the non-mech unit prior to the start of game, so that's a that's a nice yes. little add. But uh, yes, uh, we just that was that was kind of break game breaking. So we had to add that rule into our rule book, and now it is official. So yay us! Uh, let's see. And if I'm skipping over thinning that you guys the one feel... that we have we haven't started using yet. It's something that we've been talking about for over a year and a half to talk about, but mind dispenser was a big change in my, in my opinion. Um, it, it, it did read each mind dispenser deploys a density one minefield once per scenario. It is now changed to each mind dispenser deploys a density one minefield once turn. That's awesome. So, <laughs> there is the what is the Marsden tank that's got an MDS five or something like that? Yes. Um, it uh, you can deploy five minefields around. That's that's covering some shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, or or one mine or because you can do up to what uh, three four four? Was four four it might be four. Um, you can do up to uh, uh, what do they call it? Um, a level, the... yeah. yeah. Your minefields can have levels, and the higher the level, the lower the number it is for it to go off. And yeah. when it goes off, then it then it decreases. And so, if I de- deploy a level four minefield, and I think it's a five for it to go off when you pass through it, if it goes off, it goes to a three, and then it's a seven to go off, and then it goes to a two, and it's like a nine or something like that. So are you anyway, are you thinking that this rule says they can deploy five minefields per turn? They can. And five levels. Yes. Each mine dispenser deploys a density one minefield once per turn. Right, so the Marsden tank, there's a tank that has an MDS-5. But I thought the, the five right. was the value of the minefield it places. No. Yeah, well, you can stack them. Like you, can you can't, them. You, you, you well, can't overlay. No, you like, can't, can't stack them now. Well, you you can't you can't have them like overlap, but you can drop four minefields in one spot. It's one minefield, but it'd be a level four. Okay, so you're not dropping four individual density one minefields. You're dropping a density four minefield. Correct. You could do either or. Well, yeah, it depends on how you kind of word it, but yeah. Okay. We haven't gone into that yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and this is ne- this next one's a big one. Uh, the narc. Yep. <laughs> so a unit with 
Narc or S Narc special ability may make an extra weapon attack using its Narc missile beacon device. A unit hit by a Narc beacon will not suffer damage from the Narc itself, but will suffer one additional point of damage from any indirect fire attack or special weapon attack using the indirect fire LRM or SRM special abilities, or any standard weapons attack from any unit with the F indirect fire LRM or special SRM special abilities for the rest of the game, unless the unit is within a friendly ECM bubble. I'm reading this so wrong. Standard NARC beacon launchers indicated by SNARC have a maximum range of medium, while compact NARC, be NARC beacon launchers have a maximum range of short. Unlike most effects, NARC takes place immediately and can be used by other attacks in the same turn. Oh yep. my, so that's the two, awesome. The, yeah, the two changes. One is it clarifies for rest of game. And the second part is it happens right now because I, otherwise I, it was I, until next turn. Was Damn. it also, isn't it also with the clarification of the, or any standard weapons attack from a unit with IF, LRM or SRM. So we had, I think we had talked about that when you had SRM and LRM, I, those two specials, and you were firing at a NARC unit, you would roll the LRM SRM separate from your standard weapon attack, right? And whatever the LRM SRM piece hit, NARC or AMS would affect that. I think with this, it now with the standard weapon attack, you don't have, I, I, we probably, I probably, I, I probably overcomplicated that. You guys probably didn't play it that way. Well, well the uh, well because the part of that too is from when we were trying to adapt multiple attack roles. Yeah. Um, so we were the 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 way we were trying to fix it was if you were getting a plus one, it was once you do a damage, you get a bonus damage. Um, which then, since then, Alpha Strike has come out with their own clarification rule on that, saying you roll an extra damage. Um, so yeah, so I mean now if you are throwing five damage and you have IF, LRM, and or SRM specials, you roll six damage. As long as they got hit by a NARC this turn, or previously in this turn, or any previous turn before now, and they're not an ECM bubble. So I think ECM is going to be a little more valuable because um, units that have like LRM1 or SRM1 can uh, get some serious bonus out of this. Mm -hmm. So I do have a question. This says we'll suffer one additional point of damage. That's different than roll an additional dice. The well, because this is written for vanilla damage. Okay. All so right. when you go to when the multiple attack rolls, then it clarifies that. Then it clarifies it. Okay. All right. I got you. Um, I think another very big one we should touch on is tag. So tag is used. Mm. Well, it's an attack now. Yeah, you got to roll it. You got to roll. Not for artillery. Uh, tag is used to paint a target with a laser to designate targets. A tag or light tag equipped unit can make a special weapons attack in order to designate a target. A tag attack uses all appropriate rules for standard weapon attack. Light tag works only at short range, while tag works at short and medium range. Designating a target as an additional attack that can be made in addition to any other weapon 
or physical attacks made uh, that same turn. The target of painting, the target of a painting attack need not be the same target used for the unit's weapon or physical attacks. A successfully designated target is spotted for indirect fire by the tag equipped unit with no spotter attacked modifier. In addition, a designated target can be attacked by semi-guided LRMs and homing artillery. So, correct. You don't need, if you are using tag for a point of impact artillery, it's not an attack. This is only for indirect fire, semi-guided LRMs, and homing artillery. I missed the indirect. The indirect fire piece is is the part that affects 350. Yep, that's the big one. So if you're going to use tag for indirect fire now, you have to roll and successfully hit the designated target with tag. Well, the nice thing with that, a successfully designated target is spotted for indirect fire by tag equipped units with no spotter attacked modifier. Yep. Right. Which is because the old rule was if the spotter has tag within medium range, you get a negative one. So the idea was then it would offset the be- the penalty for spotter attacked. But what people would do instead is I'm going to stand still, spot, and use my tag, and that's it, and stack all of my negative bonuses. So this is clarifying you get to use tag, but now it just it doesn't count as a spotter. Like it 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 gets gets rid of your spotter attacked modifier. Mm-hmm. So rather than stacking negative ones, you just don't take a plus one. Right. Okay. Um, some other stuff. Now we're getting into, uh, just letting everybody know that they severely nerfed a lot of special abilities. Uh, yeah. Particularly special, special pilot abilities. Special pilot abilities, uh, particularly antagonizer, demoralizer. Um, they kind of... They kind of went through and took the nerf hammer to a lot of them. They're not needed, needed to happen. Needed to happen. I agree. Uh, as well as a lot of the special ammo is throttled back a little bit. I think um, it's still good, but it's not really good. Uh, if you guys are are and again, I would I would suggest again go read that. Um, let's see. Now we're getting into the kind of optional rules and stuff that we don't necessarily use a lot of. I'm looking for anything that jumps out at me. Towing. What's that? It looks like there's one on towing. Towing, uh, unit uses the external cargo picking up and dropping off rules for connecting, disconnecting. Oh, okay. Was that already at the end of the first paragraph? Insert the following. Yeah, because originally I think it's just like, well, I'm in base-to-base contact, I am picking it up, or I'm dropping it. Okay. Uh, Yeah, yep. No, that's you're right. That's exactly what it was. Um... I think the next biggest thing that really affects kind of us here would be I'm looking at the multiple attack rolls and I don't really, I think it's just clarification again. 
Was there uh, anything in the especially with secondary anything in target? The, was there anything changed with the general dropping rules uh, and the low altitude drops? Oh, that's uh, the dropping stuff, yeah. dropping troops yeah. doesn't look like it. Okay. Um, I'm not. I know you. I know you use those. I have. I haven't really used those before because I haven't used them in a long time. All right, fair. I'm. I'm reading through this, and I'm not questioning why the hell don't we have engine explosions? <laughs> you, you know, to tell you the truth, I was looking at that the same thing, and I was like, "Ooh, engine explosions!" <laughs> Got to have a stackpole rule. Um, so, for targets between two and four inches away, reduce this damage by half, rounded down to a minimum of zero. It is now for targets between two and four inches away, have this damage. And I don't have the first paragraph, so. Yeah, well, yeah. and that's one of the uh, quality of life things that I noticed through throughout the errata, um, where it used to say things like reduce by half, reduce by a quarter, and now it's just have it. Because when you say reduce by, then it, when you end up with, uh, partials or fractions, then it's like, well, do I round before or after and how, you know, am I subtracting four, you know, four from seven or am I subtracting 3.5 and, you know, but if, it, if you just have, and then round, it's just a cleaner, clearer thing you're supposed to be doing. That's really all I can see, uh, in the errata. Again, there's a lot more in there than what we went over with. So go, go, uh, download it, read it, absorb it. Yeah, no, and I, uh, to, like I said a couple times, there, there's things in there that I didn't realize were changed. So, um, uh, also pro pro gamer tip: if you buy your PDF from Catalyst, they'll give you, they'll send you the update. So, <laughs> yeah, that's really nice. So, so then it will, all of this stuff will be in it, um, rather than. 45 Absolutely. pages of other stuff <laughs> and and just add to that another huge pro tip and a a to must get a pdf and put it on a tablet so that you can search um it will if anyone's interested in toing any event highly recommend the rule books and pdf so you have the search function engines and explosions are kind of interesting I know. I'm I'm gonna go home and read the whole thing here, probably tomorrow. No. <laughs> no. Right now is the Bugs Bunny meme. No. Basically, basically, it's if you deal three or more damage, that finishes a unit off. You make a secondary roll, and on a twelve, the unit blows up. Eh. Again, more dice rolls, but. Yep. All right. Um. All right, well, uh, moving, moving. Oh, in 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 honor of bloodbath, moving right along. <laughs> nice. Uh, upcoming events. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Um. This one is kind of a short notice one, but uh, the Westminster Alpha Strike Tournament event. I just made that up. That's not really the title. I just did it. So the acronym would be waste. Waste. Um, <laughs> um, so you're welcome, John. Um, but July 8th at Hobby Town in Westminster, Colorado, there will be a 350 tournament. Uh, if you need uh, particulars, uh, join the Colorado Facebook group or the Colorado Discord or 
the Valhalla Discord. It, it's all over all of those. But um, yeah, we're going to have a 350 tournament out here in Westminster, Colorado, which is uh, in the Denver metro area, sort of. All right. And then the remaining events that uh, we have uh, scheduled at this time is uh, obviously, not obviously, we will be at Gen Con. Uh, we're running a two-day event, uh, 48 player on on day one, which is Friday. Uh, from those 48, we're going to take a top a top eight cut that will play on Saturday in a three-round tournament to crown our first Gen Con 350 winner. And for all of the people who don't make the top eight cut, we are based on our experience at LVO, uh, we're going to be running um, a doubles tournament that you are free to join. Um, and we'll be crowning a doubles tournament as well, our doubles tournament champion. We have uh, prizes for uh, that and also the top eight cut guys. So uh, that will be Gen Con. Uh, we have, uh, as of today, when I checked, we have 19 tickets remaining uh, for Gen Con. So if you're thinking about it, um, please come out and uh, roll some dice with us. Uh, we're going to have uh, some great people, some good characters. Uh, I promise you'll have a good time. So that's Gen Con. Uh, come back from Gen Con two weeks later. I'll be in uh, Lacrosse for Coolie Con. Uh, sounds like we're going to be doing a doubles and a 350 tournament there as well. Um, then we are going to, I think I can say this, uh, we're going to be in LA over Labor Day weekend for Strategic Con, and we will be running a 350 tournament there. Uh, looking forward to coming out there to do that. Um, uh, we have Warfare Weekend, uh, November 3rd through the 5th in St. Louis. Uh, sounds like we'll be doing a doubles and a 350 tournament there. Uh, the weekend before Thanksgiving, uh, we'll be running a uh, Drafted for War tournament Friday night and a 350 tournament on centered on Saturday at Renegade Weekend, which happens here in Minneapolis. Uh, so I'll get more information for that and get it posted to the Facebook page. And then we've got our, our kind of the, the start of the year for us is our KSAG event. Crawl um, Sisters a go-go. Crawl Sisters a go-go. <laughs> those is, are wondering what KSAG meant. That is Aaron and I's uh, birthday weekend, since our birthdays are two days apart. Um, that is still being formalized or finalized on where and what weekend <laughs> we're going to have that on. So that's what I got. Nobody goes to Denver in December, right? Well, do they? <laughs> Denver, you, you might get there. in. You never get out. <laughs> you never get out. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else have anything going on? I'm trying to remember if I've heard of any other events think, going on. I think shoutouts is next. Shoutouts it is. Good call. All Andrew right, Andrew goes first. All right, I'm going to give a big shout out to um, my player group, 
here in Minnesota. Uh, we've got, <laughs> when I say my player group in Minnesota, we have people from Thief River Falls all the way to Austin, Minnesota. Um, thank you guys so much for being consistent and coming out and especially for embracing um, our our way of doing things. Um, we've had uh, a small influx of new players in the last couple of weeks. And if I'm not there, uh, we've had, we have great people, John Tell, uh, give him a huge shout out. He's always ready to do demo games and get people excited uh, about coming out on Wednesday nights and playing Alpha Strike. Um, thank you, everyone. Um, and continue the great work where we've got an awesome community here and, and I just so thrilled to be a part of it. Um, want to give a shout out to uh, Jason Swanson for his uh, uh, scenario that he ran here weeks ago. Uh, I posted a picture on Facebook. It was a four by six table covered in buildings and 3d printed roads. It was, it was a lot and, uh, but a lot of fun. Uh, I think we learned a few things, but uh, it, it, big shout out. That was a lot of work, and I know he's still painting and doing everything, but um, awesome job. Thanks for bringing it out. Um, my co-hosts, I know I don't I don't shout out you guys enough. Um, thank you for putting up with me. I know sometimes I can be a little bit of a handful, but we usually get to the right place together. So um, thank you guys. And as always, the one, the only, the crack-slinging dealer, uh, Derek, with Aries Games and Miniatures. Um, I, I can't express enough how much he helps us with our prize support and ensuring that when we have an event that people uh, have cool shit to take home. So, Derek... Bottom of my heart, thank you so much uh, for, for being there for us. Um, I truly appreciate it. Thank you. All right. I know, Aaron? I know, I know I'm missing somebody. It was a really, that was a really, really short shout-out segment. So. <laughs> yeah, I was like... <laughs> yeah, um, half, half the population of Minnesota hasn't been shouted out yet. So, <laughs> uh, I'll keep mine short. I'm just going to shout-out uh, Break Time Phil on the WolfNet Discord channel again. Dude, you knocked that out of the park. I can't That's wait. amazing. I can't wait to uh, get that out to the public uh, and 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 uh, have people be playing 350 on on the internet across multiple communities. So, uh, yeah, huge shout out to you, man. That was that blew me away when when I finally downloaded it and got to play around with it. So, I'm sure it's gonna go a lot more things you're gonna you're gonna add and and maybe if you're open to some. Some ideas. Uh, I think it'll be just a phenomenal product. So good, good job, well done, and for Gold for helping him out too. I know Gold's been uh, helping Phil out. So, all right, Charles. Uh, yeah, I'm going to second um, Andrew on shouting out Derek. Um, I had a, recently. I ordered um, a bunch of stuff from him, and then it arrived, and I realized that. It, I was out of hex bases, um, which then meant I ordered another thing from him. Like within days, I I put in another order. Um, but Derek uh, always 
happy to happy to help. So uh, I appreciate him not teasing me mercilessly for not you know for, you know that, that, that's the second baby order. That's the only bad thing I would say about Derek's extreme efficiency in getting shit out is you'll you'll realize it like six hours later, like shit, I forgot to order that, and you can go order it and you have to pay shipping again because it's already boxed in on the truck going to yep. <laughs> going to the post office. So <laughs> yeah, I do some, that all I do that all the time too. <laughs> some sort of I don't know uh, Comstar space man- magic or something. I don't know what he, how he does it, but um, so yeah, shout out to Derek. Um, and then uh, some other content creators, uh, Mercenary Star, uh, our friend Seth, he had me on to talk about the Kel Hounds, which um going by the runtime um i obviously really enjoy doing because that's the longest episode he has um and then uh so thanks for having me on and putting up with me prattling on um uh bungle tech uh nate over there if if you guys haven't heard of bungle tech they are probably they are the most giving of BattleTech players they they go through every episode and talk about a rule that they have screwed up for years and how to not screw up that rule. So not only are they admitting that they screw up rules, but they're doing it in front of everybody for the benefit of everybody. So uh, they're really, really good guys. Um, and also Nate read one of my, or uh, excerpt from one of my stories, did an amazing job. He's like a real voice actor. So um, it was kind of mind blowing uh, having him read and he, had, he did Foley work and everything on there. So it, it was super cool. So um, if you want to uh, hear a as close to an audiobook as you can get to one of my stories um it's on one of the episodes of bungle tech um and then of mechs and men um they are a BattleTech book club they just recently wrapped up going over the entire gray death trilogy uh and it's a lot of fun listening to them um riff on grayson whenever he screws up and all of the it basically it it makes thinking about the Grey Death trilogy a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to what those guys come up with next for well, what stories they cover. And then, oh man, I feel like this is what Jeez, Andrew, Andrew feels like. Man. Oh God. Oh. Wow. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Caveman and Bourbon for uh, setting up and running in the 350 tournament out there in West, up here in Westminster. Um, I'm really looking forward to, uh, July and be able to play with everybody. Um, um, it's kind of a, going to be a Gen Con pre pregame, so it'll be a lot of fun. And that is all I had. <laughs> all right. Um, my shout out is going out to, uh, the Barons family for a, I don't know how Matt does this every month. No clue. I, this is probably, honest to God, this is probably the first episode that I've talked the longest. We're so proud of you. Or you haven't fallen asleep. So or you haven't so fallen good. Yeah. I haven't fallen asleep. You did so good, Tommy. <laughs> haven't fallen you asleep. Did so good. Yeah. And I haven't made a list. You guys should be <laughs> thankful. <laughs> wow. Wow. So That's, much self-control. I'm going to shout out Tommy for that. Yeah, that way to go, Tommy. Right there. Uh, and, and then uh, a big shout out to Matt's kids, Peter and Morgan. Uh, they just had a birthday. So, happy birthday! Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Uh, and that's about it. Um, 
So I want a quick shout out Ryan Hansen. Uh, I just approved him to be a Wolfnet Radio Facebook member. Welcome. Welcome and he man. is from. Assuming that's one of Andrew's new guys. Nice. Ryan Hansen lives in. Oh, Ryan. Yeah. We're going to dox him. We're doxing the hell out of him. Oh, my yep. God. Stop. I stood next to him. I stood next to him two weeks edit. ago. Yep. Edit. Edit. <laughs> His social security number <laughs> is. 241. I'll put a beep in there. All right. And. As always, any comments, questions, concerns, you could uh, reach us at WNRP at wolfstragoons.com. You can follow us on YouTube, Discord, Patreon, Facebook, Queensboro, Hats Don't Sell, Hats Do Sell, whatever. And uh, go get yourself a sweat towel with Wolfnet on it. Ooh, yeah, ooh. that's what I need. That's what I need for my shit downstairs. A little sweat yeah. towel. Those could double as a golfing towel too. They probably. could. They could. Uh, and always, everybody have a great and wonderful uh, week. So, day, week, time, morning, afternoon. Ooh. <laughs> Way to go, Tommy! <laughs> Woof. Yay. Oh, way to go, Tommy. Way to go, Tommy. Nice job. You are the man.